Hey, welcome to the Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Well, welcome to a delayed episode of Banter. <laughs> I had a, a cheeky week off last week, but it's awesome to be back. I missed our uh, our weekly banter. Mitch, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. Excellent. Yeah, the office was really quiet without you and Lucinda around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I feel like that could be a good thing. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> got lots of work done. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah, <laughs> I actually so. saw some of the work that you got done. Yeah, fruits of Very fruitful. <laughs> yeah, so designed some new gospel tracks to put out the front. Very cool. Redesigned my uh, baptism study I'd written. So, yeah. Yeah. did you um, use Canva to get amongst? Uh, yes, I did. Time? How good is Canva? It is the greatest. Shout out to Canva. Yeah. <laughs> it's the greatest little tool for someone that has no creative skills. It makes it so easy. I love it. I just literally type in. So one of the tracks I did was peace. Just yeah. ver- it just has verses of peace. I typed yeah. in serenity, found a picture, and then just put peace over it and just so good. Copy, paste verses in there. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Canva is sort of like a website slash app Mm -hmm. that helps you graphic design stuff. And it just like exactly gives you all these these templates that you can then adjust. It's amazing. It is. So good. So good. What are like other areas of life where like that could be like super helpful? Apps to, you know. Apps to like give you you, like the basis and then you like change it a little bit. Mm. I feel like outfits. (laughs) If, If like you like have an app. That like it'd take forever. You've got yeah. to like put all of your bits of clothing mm. in the app, and then it gives you options. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? I'd, I'd buy in that lap. Maybe, Maybe you should design it. I'd pay like a dollar fifty for that. Dollar fifty for that. Maybe you should design it. And make yourself a millionaire. All you need is like a. If you sell it for a dollar fifty each. Yeah. You I feel like I need a coder. If there's any coders out there <laughs> who are keen to get involved, get in at the ground level. Yeah. <laughs> on Muzz Fashion. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever paid so for an? Oh, you have paid for some apps before. I've I, never paid for an app. I paid for the TripView app. TripView. So app. the for like the Sydney trains, the buses, the ferry. Did you pay for that? I did. It's like three dollars because I got sick of the light version, which oh, would okay. wipe your trip away. Ah. So we, if you have the paid version, because I used to get public transport yeah. a fair bit before getting into full-time ministry. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was be annoying. I'd have to, like, re-put my station in. So I'd just be like, Lidcombe to Macquarie Uni or Lidcombe to wherever, because that was my default mm, station. I didn't even realise I was using the light version. Yeah, of the using the go. freebie version. I did use that app a lot, like, mm. you know, because essentially uh, it was also when I was working on the weekend and catching public transport. I'd be like, okay, I want to be there by nine. And they'd be like, oh, all buses cancelled on this route tomorrow. <laughs> so I'd be knocking on my dad's door at 11.30 p.m. Hey, Dad, can you give me a lift to like this place tomorrow? <laughs> so thank you, Trip, <laughs> trip Planner. That was, that was another season ago, uh, the old Trip Planner. Well, speaking uh, of seasons, mm. we're starting a new season in our sermon series, oh. which is pruning the branches. Yeah. Um, thank you for opening it up and, and yeah, opening up John 15. It's um, a real dense passage and I think really exciting to be taken through some of the, um, I suppose, the patterns of vines throughout the Bible, Mm. which I'd love to look at a bit more today. Um, But first, I'd love to kind of ask for you. um, You said that when we prune, it looks ugly at first, Mm. which is 100% correct. I know that um, my sister-in-law, Mary, has this rose bush. And every year in winter, I literally like freak out when I see what she's done to it. I'm like, I think you've killed it this year. Every year, it'll come back even more yeah. beautiful. But it does look ugly at first. 
Um, there are these times in your life where you said you thought you had it figured yeah, out yeah. <laughs> and then you got married or you had a kid or mm. you had a second kid <laughs> with yeah. Rach um, and you realised suddenly that you needed to prune. Um, what did that kind of look like for you? What are some real moments uh, of identifying needing to prune? And maybe, if relevant, what were some times when maybe it looked a bit ugly? <laughs> well, it's funny because my dad listened to me and he goes, mate, with Hazel, you don't need, need pruning. It's a chainsaw for you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, like, let's go back to as a single man. I remember living at college and just having lots of free time. So I had lots of time oh, to pray. Amen. So getting up in the mornings could do like very long, quiet times yeah. and feel very spiritual in that sense of mm. like, like, I remember sometimes if mornings got to be busy, I'd go in at lunchtime and be like, do like a bit of a Daniel thing, you know, three times a day. And I was like, yep. yeah, like in that sense, I felt like I had it. I was like, yes, I, you know, I still have sanctification to grow. I'm always growing, but I feel like I'm at this good place with God. And then mm. got married to Rachel and realized, wow, there's just so much selfishness in my life. Yeah. Um, I realized even how I prepared for bed, very Ooh, different to her, because yeah. she liked to just sleep. I like to read. Yeah. And there was lots of tension like, yeah. to begin with, because she goes, can you turn the light off? I was like, no, yeah. I'm reading. Yeah, I'm yeah, getting yeah. ready for bed. Yeah, yeah. And this is my ritual. <laughs> yeah. And so just these just differences in mm. life. It's very easy as a, as a single person yeah. to be unintentionally mm. selfish and totally. do lots of things, which I think is why Paul said, hey, if you don't get into ministry, you know, you don't have to, but it is better if you're not married. So, yeah. Yeah. And so that was part of that journey was realizing there was lots of things I had in my life which mm. needed to shift. And then so once Rachel and I got into our groove together and then just having a baby, as you would know, mm. it's just a game changer. Totally. And then Asha was a pretty unusual baby in hospital. Sure. So it was even more of a game changer. But yeah. when we were back at home, just getting up, late you know mm-hmm. woken up at three o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. early starts you're sleep deprived and yeah and then having hazel and now they're little toddlers running around pushing buttons yeah. getting waking up at all hours of the yeah. night it's like wow yeah there's yeah a lot here i need to learn mm. on and so yeah i just see that as part of that that pruning process is, mm. is like you know yesterday oh ashley was very very naughty with me it's like just throttle you <laughs> so naughty <laughs> like, oh. yeah it's it's i've seen it really as a way to help just my anger issues and mm. like just frustration and patience for mm. having younger kids so yeah lots mm. to learn yeah it's good that's um yeah thank you for mm. yeah opening up about that i kind of threw you on the spot there but <laughs> i think um one thing that's really interesting comes out of that is this idea of i don't know I'm going to throw something out there mm. and let me, tell me what you think. Almost uh, sacrificial pruning. So, mm. you know, you sort of were talking about your ritual of reading and mm. how suddenly that gets in the way of Rachel's sort of need for sleep. Mm. Um, where do you think sort of sacrificial pruning? Because I think a lot of the time, um, definitely the, the thing that I took out of your sermon was, you know, um, pruning things that are sort of, you know, bad branches that don't produce any mm. fruit, that are maybe sickly. But I suppose maybe there's also sometimes the um, benefit from pruning branches that maybe in some ways are healthy still. I guess so, yeah. Greater well, good. Yeah, well, because Christ tells us to pick up our cross sure. each day. And so there's like that element of sacrificial love when you yeah. make a choice each day. And 
Yeah, sometimes we choose wisely. Sometimes yeah. we choose not so wisely. Sure. We choose to be very selfish yeah. and sort of want to do things for ourselves. And yeah, I remember um, Keith Green. Do you, ever hear, do you know Keith Green? Mm, no, I don't. He was a gospel singer back in the 80s. He's been dead for a while now. He, he said something in a sermon, old sermon of his, is that there are sometimes things that you need, like spiritual like disciplines you mm. need to give up for the greater good. He goes, mm. say, and he used the example of, say, you want to spend time praying one afternoon, a friend calls you to play tennis. He goes, what should you do? Mm. He goes, oh, perhaps like giving up that spiritual discipline mm. and hanging out with your non-Christian friend to play tennis the afternoon is a better option. Sure. I remember that really struck me. I can't remember anything else mm. for the rest of the summer. That really struck me. I was like, oh, that's a... It it's was really a cool. weird way for me to look at life. I was always told that like prayer is like number one priority if you're not doing it. Yeah, I think it was really challenging that it's like, well, there's actually yeah. things that maybe need to just be put on pause mm. for something greater. Mm. And in this case, he goes, well, if you've got a non-Christian friend that you can see so into, that's mm. going to have more. Mm. That can be an important part of mm. your walk in ministry. So... Sort of think of like the wedding at Cana when like it wasn't Jesus' time yet. Mm. And yet he's still almost like there, there seems to be this element of like sacrificing a little bit and honoring of his mother Mary yeah. when he like performs that first miracle, which is really mm. fascinating. That idea that, you know, yeah, sometimes doing something that isn't our own. I think it's yeah. just interesting when I like look at that story that like Jesus's will and plan was perfect. Mm. And even then he was willing to maybe change it or yeah. alter it um, sacrificially in that moment. It is an odd passage. Mm. Do you have a different woman. take on it? No, no, no. Okay. I, I don't really know because this is, yeah, gune, woman. Yeah, woman. Woman. <laughs> Which seems so rude. Yeah, but and they always have footnotes in like NIV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, not a sign of disrespect. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah if I said yeah. to my mom, like, woman. woman. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> no, no, not, not my time, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's because actually that flows in quite well with the whole vine imagery because Jesus mm. turning water into wine yeah. it's a very pregnant Old Testament image mm. um, yeah that was part of the last days was there to be wine mm. and I think it's Amos Amos I can't remember the exact reference but talks about the the wine flowing down the hills yeah. and that yeah, was a yeah. sign of the end age the age to come and yeah. so by turning the water into wine Jesus is saying sort of doing multiple things getting rid of you know the whole old way of doing things the mm. cleansing like the the mosaic the ritual aspects of the mosaic yeah the law. ceremonial <coughs> wash sort of basins yeah. or washing yeah and then also pointing to that there'll be a time where wine is just flowing abundantly like mm. the prophets was mm. foretold because um yeah I, I referenced in my message uh, micah yeah micah four, micah four, four. yeah and it's also the same reference in Isaiah 2 Isaiah 2 and micah 4 mm. have the exact same thing about yeah, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, because Isaiah to so the bigger context of Micah is like the nation streaming to Jerusalem. Yeah, and so same of Isaiah, they both talk about the nation streaming. But yeah, the whole idea is that everyone will be under his own vine and fig tree. Yeah, like he'd be super wealthy. Yeah, it's just so much abundance and blessing mm. when the Messiah is ruling and reigning on mm. the earth. And is there any sort of? Um a, a sort of like parallel textuality with um, uh, Jonah and sitting under that vine and the, the worm hmm. eating the vine? I haven't really uncovered that, but there probably is. There's often... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, seems like an interesting <coughs> thing where he's sort of denying God's will 
and he tries mm. to sort of sit under the vine and it kind of doesn't work out for him. I don't know. Mm. It's like a fascinating thing. Probably this something sort of there. Desire for prosperity, maybe, or something. Yeah, and that just... Yeah, maybe something interesting to explore. Yeah. So there's, there's actually quite a few um, really beautiful illusions. You've obviously mm. already spoken about Micah 4, mm. um, and it's also this image is in Isaiah 2, but it's this idea that everyone uh, will sit under their own vine, under their own fig tree, um, and no one will make them afraid for the Lord Almighty has spoken. Mm. Um, and then there's sort of this other really interesting um I suppose illusion or or using uh, usage of, of imagery of a vine uh, in Isaiah twenty seven that you were talking about mm. earlier before we started recording. Mm. Um, yeah, I, mm. I mean, I can I can read it out a little mm. bit, um, or would you prefer to read it? You've got it there. I've got it here. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's connected in. So the verse one of Isaiah twenty seven says, "In that day, mm. the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great and powerful sword." Leviathan, the gliding serpent, mm. Leviathan, the coiling serpent, he will slay the monster of the sea. And it says, in that day, sing about a fruitful um, vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. I'm not angry. If only there were briars and thorns confronting mm. me, I would march against them in battle. I would set them all on fire or else let me come to... Or, or else let them come to me for refuge. Let me make peace. Let them make peace with me. Yes, let them make peace with me. In the days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel will bud and blossom and all, and fill all the world with fruit. Mm, very cool. It's interesting, hey? It is really fascinating. Yeah, um, so what's, what stands out for you yeah, in so, that passage? So Isaiah is talking about in that day, which is obviously like the last days. What we'd call the second coming of Jesus. Sure. The, arrival of the kingdom is that God's going to, Yahweh's going to do two things. One of them is going to get rid of Leviathan, mm. which is, so in the ancient Near East, it was believed that there was fearsome sea creatures mm. living in the ocean mm. and Leviathan was a sea serpent. Mm. And so I think it's Marduk who fights Yam, the god of the sea, or mm. one of them, Baal, or I can't yeah, remember, it's Marduk. Yeah, yeah. One, of the, one of the ancient Near Eastern gods fights one of the sea creatures yeah, and right. that's, cuts up the sea creature's body sure. serpent to make the earth and yeah. so so Leviathan represented evil sure and as Christians in in Revelation we know that the dragon is kind of quite that way the serpent yeah. that's defeated so it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah riffing off that that God's going to get rid of all evil and then in that day sing about a fruitful vineyard mm. by the Lord watch over it mm. and so this idea in that day that that's what I was sort of saying before. It's like a bit of a reverse Eden sort of thing. You've got mm. the serpent that's in the garden, which caused chaos. But yeah. in that day, the, the serpent will go. Yeah. And then there'll be a fruitful vineyard yeah. in place. And I'll water it and I will guard it and no one will harm it. And there'll be, you know, Israel will bud and blossom. It's this mm. Eden, Edenic imagery oh, that's definitely. coming through. I mean, even in that verse four, if only there were briars and thorns confronting yeah. me. You know, that's just like for me straight out of the yeah, Edenic curse, yeah. you know. So that's so cool. So this mm. idea that a, a vineyard um, really is, uh, yeah, I suppose symbolic of the end times being completed, yeah. a, a completion, a, a fruition. <laughs> and, it, and it was, and it's a metaphor that's used to describe Israel. Israel's meant to be a vineyard that mm. it's meant to be fruitful and bless the nations and. I suppose it's deliberately used that image of a vine or a vineyard because if that's yeah. the sign of wealth, it's yeah. this idea that Israel's bringing this blessing over yeah. all the world. Um, also mentioned in 
about Solomon during Solomon's reign yeah. here in 1 Kings 4.25. Everyone sits under their own vine fig, i.e. Solomon's like a snapshot of what's supposed to come, yeah. what the Davidic king is meant to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. It all falls apart pretty quick. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Solomon. <unfortunately>. Solomon. <laughs> um, and then there's kind of a, a really um, fascinating uh, allusion or, or, again, reference to um, vines in Psalm 80 that you um, yeah. made, made a reference to in your sermon. Mm. Um, yeah, what? how does this sort of passage in Psalm 80 greater sort of fill out or expand this idea yeah. and this imagery of vines in the Bible? Yeah, so Psalm 80 was this idea that Yahweh's taken this vine, he's transplanted it from Egypt. Yeah. So the Israelites and he's planted it in Canaan. And so I'll, I'll read it out from verse 8. So Psalm 80 verse 8 says, You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. Mm. So that's the Canaanites. Mm. So the plant the Israelites there. You cleared the ground for it. You took, And it took root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade and the mighty cedars with its branches. So that's also like, mm. imagine this, like a vine actually growing so big that it's covering cedars, which are tall plants. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. using the, the metaphor wrong. But the idea is Israel is meant to be huge and prosperous yeah. and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. fruitful. Its branches reached as far as the sea. It shoots as far as the river. Mm. So that's the boundary markers of Israel. So yeah. that's there. Yeah, to the so very edges of it's yeah. the promised land. That's cool. Yeah, why have you broken down? Um, its walls so that all who pass by pick its grapes. Boars from the forest ravage it um, and insects from the fields feed on it. So, yeah, it's it's asking God that question, you know, why have you broken it? Why have you allowed the nations to come in mm. and just ravage it? Return mm. to us, God Almighty. Look down from heaven and see. Watch over this vine, the root your right hand has planted, the sun you have raised up for yourself. Your vine is cut down, it is burned with fire. At your rebuke, your people perish. Let your hand rest on the, the man at your right hand. The son of man you have raised up for yourself. Mm. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God Almighty. Make your face shine us that we may be saved. Mm. Uh, it's off there saying, hey, like, remember us. Yeah. Remember this promise you've made. And it's an interesting image there, you know, the son... Uh, is it? You've planted the sun you've raised up for yourself because Israel was supposed to be Yahweh's firstborn son. Mm. And so, and Jesus, obviously, mm. the firstborn son. So it's that son language as in, as a people, remember yeah, yeah, yeah. us. And even though, because the assumption is, is, yes, we've sinned, but don't forget mm. about us. Mm. Restore us, make your face shine on us. So, yeah. It's really cool to see time and time again, vines seem to um, almost be synonymous Mm. with a completion, an end, a fulfillment. Um, That's that's really fascinating and something which I haven't been Mm. privy to before. Um, I almost think again of... um, the sort of story of Noah that after the flood recedes, he like plants a vineyard. Like it's this idea mm. of each time once sort of evil has, you know, sort of mm. been overcome or has subsided, there's this this um, presence of a vineyard and mm. of a vine. Um, and this idea that, um, as you mentioned in the sermon, uh, this is Jesus's final I am statement. Mm. Like it's interesting that, you know, John chooses to, place this idea of him being the vine as the final mm. of the seven I am statements. 
um, it really does seem to be yeah within the theme and, and, and the the imagery of vines have this sense of real completion um, of, of death of, of sin of evil being defeated uh, and of a return of you know God's promise mm. you know um, that's really really cool yeah and because Jesus is obviously saying I am the true vine not mm. just I am the vine I am the mm. true vine so he's identifying with the nation of Israel mm. he's yeah, riffing off these images from Isaiah and mm. Jeremiah and the psalmist here, just saying, "Hey, like I'm, ac- I actually am doing what mm. Israel is supposed to do, mm. and if you are, you know, remain in me, you too will be fruitful. Mm. Like you will actually fulfil what the prophets foresaw, foresaw mm. all those centuries ago. So, yeah, it's it's a really, really cool way to finish off. For sure, you know, I, like." And it's that, yeah, well, I'll read out. It's just a, just a lovely verse. So, mm. I am the true vine, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so it'll be even more fruitful. And, and that's, you know, that idea we've read here. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That's mm. an idea, like just... Remain to me, you'll bear fruit. It's, mm. it's like this promise. Man, you have to remain in Jesus. If you remain in Jesus, you're going to be mm. fruitful. Mm. And so that, I guess that's the challenge for us is that perhaps if we're not fruitful, mm. there's an issue. Yeah. And um, it's definitely a very biblical idea of you'll you know, know a tree by the fruit mm. that it bears. Um, you kind of spoke a bit about this idea of, okay, cool. Like, obviously, this is an analogy that, that <laughs> Jesus is using. Um, but what is what is the fruit? Um, yeah. And you sort of had some ideas of, of good works, evangelism, faithfulness. Mm. Um, yeah, what, what would you say um, even on the, on the flip side, like bad fruit might look like? How do you sort of mm-hmm. see that? sort of coming to, so, again, uh, fruition. Yeah, <laughs> I, I found a really good article. I can't remember what it was, but it said fruit in the Old Testament. So what sort of the prophets had a go at, these rights being unfruitful, was covenant unfaithfulness. So they weren't faithful to the covenant. Mm. So he's like, so now Jesus has established a new covenant and he's telling people to be fruitful. So he goes, so bearing fruit, it's being faithful to the new covenant. Mm. And so, yeah, I'd say bad fruit's just, I think that's the antithesis of the gospel mm. or gospel lifestyle and I, I guess all of us we have highs and lows spiritually it's not just a oh, we become a Christian and we just keep going up and up and up yeah, that's what we sure. like there's peaks and troughs but yeah it's pretty clear when you chat to someone like who's bearing real fruit and who's not well actually I shouldn't say that because sometimes people can deceive you but can most, of the, can most of the time you can tell like a person's lifestyle yeah that's quite mm. Yeah, well, even like the Pharisees, or Jesus gets stuck into them. They thought that they had all the, mm. yeah, that mm. they were right. And mm. it's like, ah, oh, your heart's not. So sometimes, yeah, outward character isn't, mm. as I said, it isn't an indication of that. Mm. And so it's kind of what I talked about on Sunday was those idols, and perhaps those idols you're not even aware of. There's mm. an idol of just religion. Sure. Of doing lots of religious works. Yeah, There's yeah, plenty yeah. Of, I don't know if it's so much an issue these days, post Christendom, but certainly mm. <laughs> pre post Christendom it probably would have been an issue. People mm. who just you know, I think particularly like 
Roman Catholics or, mm. or like, yeah, those that are from a works-based religion, they sure. will do tons of works to, and mm. mm. you know, they'll be there praying the most, giving the most, doing the most. Mm. It's like, well, why are you actually doing this? Like, what's the, mm. and that's the idol of religion. So, mm. But I suppose in, in this context of John about fruit, it's, I like that language, covenantal faithfulness. You're just being faithful to the covenant of what, Mm. has been set in scripture and now by Jesus the new covenant that he's established mm. and as Matthew 7 isn't it Jesus says you know them by their fruits mm. you know, apples can't yeah, you know, yeah I'm butchering yeah. the scripture yeah apples can't produce on a fig tree can't produce thorns and yeah 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 all that like yeah that. and I yeah and I think that like there is something like really interesting about um, as we are a community right and as mm. Um, we all become part of that vine. There's something really interesting that if we are all, you know, in Jesus and people are looking at us from the outside, as I think a lot of people would look at, you know, not only a singular church, but Christians, right, as a whole, um, they're going to judge the whole vine by what a single branch Mm. might, you know, if they're kind of, you know, to stretch the metaphor out <laughs> as, as far as possible. Yep. If they're walking along the vine and they just grab a handful of, you know, grapes and they taste them and they are bitter yep. or sour or whatever, um, they're probably not going to want to try and grab even from another branch. And this idea that we are that, that Christ's ambassadors, we're mm-hmm. that representation. Um, I know that one of the probably... Uh, simplest yet harshest rebukes I've ever received was when I was still in high school and was going to church and we used to always kind of go off to a cafe afterwards and you know hang out and um one of the youth leaders kind of came up to me and my mates and was just like how are you guys doing and like it was just such a like loving but like pointed Mm. like question it's like oh what do you mean it's like yeah you guys I'm just like I'm worried about you guys and I was like, ah, oh, and like, kind of like started talking to him a bit. Uh, and I ended up just saying, I'm like, I'm just so intrigued. Like, what made you ask that question? Mm. And he like took a real pause for a second. And he said, I guess just the fruit that I'm seeing. I was like, oh, <laughs> and he was spot on. Yeah. Right? Like he was seeing fruit, which wasn't sort of uh, indicative of being mm. in Jesus. Mm. Right. Um, yeah. It is such a good litmus test, I think, for where we are. I, as a teenager growing up, um, I remember going on a few like youth outings and seeing older kids, how mm. they behaved. Mm. Yeah. I remember one, it was one of the older girls. I remember she was swearing. And I was like, oh, if they can do it, then it must be okay. Mm. I actually remember thinking that. Like, I'm part like, of that vine. Yeah, I guess I yeah. Can have I can do that as well. too. Yeah. yeah. And when well, also seeing like people's sort of Sunday face mm. and then their like weekday face, I'm like, oh. I remember going to beach as a kid and hanging out with some of the guys and just very different mm. hanging out with us and not at church. I was like, oh, mm. you're actually like a little bit two-faced. Mm. All right. Like thinking about like recognizing that as a 15 year old, it's like, mm. you know, might not have put on those words, but just going like, there's just like not matching mm. here between what you profess and what you see. Mm. And so, yeah, it's probably what the world, yeah, they do criticize quite a lot. Even if they don't believe it, they go, Hey, you say you should, you believe this you should be doing this mm. and that's mm. yeah bearing fruit is that is the important part of <laughs> remaining in jesus mm. 
And it's interesting that like, yeah, the, f the last I am statement and the first one, that link between f like connecting with Jesus. So mm. I'm the bread of life. Yeah. This idea eating my flesh and drinking my blood mm. can't remain in me. It's this idea of somehow consuming Jesus to be part of him in here. And now it's like, well, I'm part of Jesus by bearing fruit. So there's certainly this image of meno, which means to remain or abide. Mm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I bust out a bit of Greek there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> connecting in there. And, mm. But yeah, like I, like I said on... I don't, know, I don't know if it's sacrilegious or not if Jesus came today he'd say I am the true fine <laughs> like mm. that, that idea like we are so connected now mm. in terms of Wi-Fi and 4 or 5G or whatever we've got no it's a good good analogy I enjoyed it I, yeah, I, it's I, a... I heard other people enjoyed it too <laughs> I, no it was great I, I, well like I think this is the thing right it's difficult sometimes mm. because oh, I mean look not gonna lie like on my uh, honeymoon em and i like went to a vineyard and like had a glass of wine it was nice i've, I've seen a vine I've, yeah, i, yeah. I kind of get the idea but i'm not i'm not saturated in that world on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis i'm not living in an agrarian society yeah. you know um and even you know i'm sure that there was probably some comparative plants that you know some of the disciples mm. may have had in their mind when he was talking about mm. it doesn't have to be specifically a yeah. grapevine for it to be a really you know still impactful mm. metaphor I think it is helpful to talk about things in a in a modern sense. Yeah. And I really loved what you said about that idea of being disconnected from Wi-Fi, even for five minutes, made you feel distant and naked. How much yeah. more for being disconnected from Jesus. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk a bit about that. Mm. I mean, again, like even to say distant and naked, that brings up some like sort of it, idyllic uh, And that was imagery. deliberate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> deliberate yeah. choice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could, so it was that night we went out to the movies I together. Remember, that was, yeah, because uh, the fo the VPN on the phone was blocking. Mm. Uh, I was like, I just can't find this restaurant. I have no idea. Mm. I just realised how much I rely on this little rectangular device to control sure. my life. Yeah, don't we all? Uh, I was reading about Gen Z, like they actually see their phones as an extension of themselves. Sure. And if they lose their phones, it's like losing a part of. It's them. like an amputation. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and so. Yeah, like so, we understand yeah that very very well. Uh, this idea of just being super connected all the time, mm. uh, but we don't really see that with Jesus. We don't see Jesus as the lifeline mm. that we need mm. to be breathing, to be to be living as image bearers that we were created mm. to be. But instead, we live as image bearers of square little rectangular yeah, <laughs> devices, for sure, which for sure. Yeah, and they're helpful. They're tools, but like I guess, I guess it was kind of what uh, with the idols message on Sunday is like anything can be an idol, but yeah, a phone is a tool. Mm. Uh, but you know, you don't worship the tool; you yeah. use the tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for sure, yes, it's yeah. I, I I don't know. Like how how do you kind of that's that's the challenge, I guess, to live as fruitful disciples connected to the Wi-Fi of yeah. Jesus. Yeah. No, like, I think yes. it is such a, like, a helpful thing. And I think also, you know, there's there's so much in that, in mm. the way that, um, yeah, like, what a thing. And I, you know, as you were talking about earlier, um, you know, the kind of the peaks and troughs that we all go through. And some, mm. some people's sort of uh, sign curves might be more extreme mm. than others. Uh, but, yeah, we all have moments where definitely we're like, oh, man, I'm feeling really close to God right now. Mm. Or maybe I'm feeling a bit distant from God mm. comparatively to whatever your sort of yeah. your middle ground is. Um, 
but yeah, I think, you know, I get so irritated and, and uh, struggle, you know, if I, if I don't have some Wi-Fi. You know, mm. like imagine if we were that sort of in tune with the spirit and that sort of almost thirsty, mm-hmm. you know, and hungry um, for God's presence. Um, and it's a really good challenge, a really, really good challenge of the importance of, yeah, um, if, you know, a branch is separate from the vine, it's just going to wither and die, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But that, that creates, um, it requires us to be vulnerable in that as well. Um, well I think it's, it's means that we need to be open to pruning. As we said earlier, pruning is not very pretty. No. Um, I was I was reading a little bit about pruning when I was preparing for this, and <clears throat> yeah, trees that fruit trees that aren't pruned, they produce really bad fruit. Mm. And there's a living example out there at the back of the manse, <laughs> the lemon tree. I don't think it's ever been pruned. Sure, it's currently growing lots of lemons, but they're pretty sickly looking. Yeah, and it's like yeah, that's like just sort of never. Cause I'm not really a gardener, and they're really kind of equated that. Oh yeah, you prune these things to like actually yeah. make them more healthy. Yeah, and so yeah, just yeah. leaving it there. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually making tree's life more miserable because mm. the leaves aren't as lush the fruit is not as good yeah and so yeah and i think you've like said being open and vulnerable it's a yeah it's, it's a dangerous prayer to, to pray lord change me it's a bit of a joke at college i don't know if it's bible just at bible college thing but this idea of like if you want to pray for if you pray for patience god will send people to test your patience Ooh, that's sort yeah, of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. i remember a couple of lecturers said that once <laughs> and i was like i sort of said it with like so yeah the kids it's like oh, sometimes they test my patience like oh this is good to you know mm. put my patience levels um, yeah yeah i guess i said one time finding jesus in the apple store waiting in line and like like instead of just getting really angry yeah i was like let's lose this as an opportunity to practice some self-control and some patience and yeah it was weird this sense of god's presence while waiting in line in the apple store Mm. and i think that's from i wish i was more like that all the time but i saw that as like a bit of an example of this is what jesus is saying about being connected to mm. the vine it's not just a church thing on a sunday it's a all day thing and mm. it will often happen at times when you least expect it mm. and so yeah i guess vines have to be resilient through, through weather and mm. different seasonal changes mm. and so and pruning helps prepare them for that so yeah well i quoted that hebrews passage you know hebrews 12 which you know it's hilarious that modern parenting is like, don't discipline your kids. Yeah, the Bible's like, ah, you know, yeah, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and mm. chastises everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? Mm. It's like, mm. Mm. this idea. And like discipline in Proverbs, he's quoting from Proverbs there, was to make a child wiser to make him a better person mm. to live properly mm. and yeah there's been times in my life where I felt disciplined and it's unpleasant and being pruned back mm. but then from that you grow and mm. yeah everyone will say that like when they have negative experiences no one really enjoys it at the time but they look back and I'm like oh yeah I'm really glad I went through it because yeah. I've grown as a person super formative super yeah. yeah and so it's like even secular people can recognise that there's about that in the bible mm. Mm. it's like exercise you stress the muscle and mm. it hurts but then there's a muscle growth endurance that's built and it's the same yeah. thing you become mm. 
yeah, a better athlete in this case we're becoming a better disciple yeah, yeah, yeah. so good mm-hmm. so as we kind of go through this series um, we're going to be looking at and have already started to pruning the branches mm. in, in different ways um, what are you hoping uh, that as we step into and then through this series of pruning the branches, what would you hope to see uh, as, yeah, our senior pastor, mm. as our brother in Christ, mm. uh, happen for our congregation and for people individually? Yeah, I actually think it's a great example of Carrie on Sunday. She got up and said, hey, like the first thing I do is check the news. I'm going to stop that and you hold me accountable. Like that's the type of stuff you want to see people. Yeah. And then I found that, like, oh, yeah, I sometimes do that. Yeah. I don't necessarily, the first thing, if it's five o'clock in the morning and I've got a small child smacking me in the face, the first thing I don't do is go to my Bible. It's like, oh, check something else other than this. Yeah. And so I found that a really just helpful awesome. encouragement for me. That's Caring. the type of stuff I want to She's see. She's so wise. <laughs> yeah. That's the type of stuff I want to see, people who are recognising the faults in their life yeah. and being vulnerable enough to share that. Yes. And that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just that sense of... I suppose what the church is for, meant to encourage. That's why we're not meant to forsake the assembling, see, because we're meant to encourage one another yeah. even more before the you know day, the day, and it's always a capital yeah. D, like yeah, the day yeah, when yeah. Jesus returns. Yeah. And unfortunately, sometimes, yeah, church doesn't happen all that often on a Sunday mm. morning. So, mm. yeah, I'd like to say that more, and in I guess in small groups, mm. like people who are in their small groups, uh, mm. you know, whether or not they're going through the pruning you know the branches bible study but that mm. they're being open and honest and mm. even in our little um, morning group I had some people share stuff and it's like wow that was really brave what you shared and you feel this sense of yeah it's weird when someone like yeah confesses something you're like ah oh, like there's this freedom that wasn't there before and yeah. so yeah that's what we want to see people that's awesome who are yeah vulnerable but then uh, yeah yeah, but at the same time too, just don't want to. My my prayer is not just to just keep coasting along. Say, oh, this is a nice little sermon series, and we just sort of yeah end up yeah unchanged. I yeah, see people changed. I, I like that sort of commission for not only us individually, but us as you know a larger vineyard, a larger mm. vine. You know, to be caring for each other, to mm. be holding each other accountable, um, and maybe to be like pointing out in love and in the right moments and way, um, places where, hey, maybe mm. you would be more fruitful if you pruned that branch. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, Jesus said, and this is one of the things that people say, Jesus said not to judge. Mm. I'm like, yeah, but you got to read what said before that. He goes, hey, like, check the log that's in your eye before you tell yeah. the speck in your brother's eye, i.e. make sure yeah. when you approach someone. So it's never, it's not saying don't do it. It's yeah. saying, like, when you do it, what are your motivations? And yeah. Yeah, there's, I'm sure there's been time <clears throat> many people can relate to someone telling them, like your story. Mm, yeah. Someone pointing out, you're like, oh. Yeah, often and the most sort of impactful and mm. important moments in spiritual growth and, and in a walk with Christ, to be called Strong. out by someone who yeah. knows you and loves yeah, like, you and sees you, <laughs> that uh, doesn't necessarily uh, advocate or encourage, mm. yeah, something that's in your life. Yeah. I don't think to the heart, was it Jeremiah, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Yeah. And so it's, we're often blind to our own mistakes. Or we think, I'm guilty of this, we think, ah, yeah, that's not, that's an issue for them, not for me. I'm okay. That doesn't affect yeah. me. Yeah. Like, oh, I can kind of get away with it. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, yeah. 
yeah, using a fitness analogy, if you just eat junk food all the time, mm-hmm. it's going to catch up with you eventually. You can't yeah. just go, oh, well, you know, I was healthy once in my <laughs> life. Ah, she'll be right. Sure. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's nice. not, so and you need to. Yeah, and look, yeah, pruning hard news, it's never nice to take at the time but mm. it needs to grow right? that's how and in the seasons that I've been challenged and had difficult things it's like well what's God trying to teach me mm. in all this what's the lesson mm. to learn here and mm. yeah sometimes I fail that lesson sometimes it's like well I think I got what the lesson was you yeah. know and, and, but that's part of the sanctification process the pruning process mm. So good, yeah. so good. Well, yeah. looking forward to continuing to going through this series. Thanks, yeah, um, yeah for the chat, and uh, yeah, looking forward to recording yet another banter <laughs> later this week. So yes. I will uh, catch you then. And right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.